Welcome. You're listening to Gravity Healthcare Hacks with your host, Melissa Brown, Chief Operating Officer from Gravity Healthcare Consulting and self-professed healthcare nerd. Monthly, we will provide industry expertise and tips to help keep your feet firmly on the ground in the world of healthcare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today, Therapy on the Edge. Today, my guest is Ashley Haltenhoff, Director of Therapy Operations for Edge Therapy Solutions and Director of PDPM Operations for Flagship Rehabilitation. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Great. I'm so glad you joined us today. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. You're one of my first uh, repeat guests, so very glad to have you here. Um, I wanted to ask you to be here today because I thought our audience would appreciate hearing you share about your amazing achievements with Edge Therapy Solutions and what you've been able to accomplish with this innovative new management therapy model. First, can you tell us a little bit more about Edge Therapy Solutions? Of course. So Edge is an ownership management model. It is where the actual facility or nursing home provider company has in-house staff. And we are brought in as the therapy experts to manage that team and that department. Um, We are based out of Maryland, and we right now are currently serving the Mid-Atlantic region. However, we are looking to grow and expand nationally. Wonderful, wonderful. And, you know, I I hear a lot about this fascinating new approach to rehab and to play devil's advocate a bit here. And what I think some listeners might be thinking is, how is EDGE really any different from a typical management model? Can you walk our listeners through what is unique about EDGE from this perspective? Well, I believe that it's unique because we do bring a strong therapy background to the table. You not only have an operational expert in therapy, um, you also have a compliance expert in therapy. And then additionally, we have HR management and delivery experts that come from a therapy background, which I really believe makes a huge impact and the difference between your typical management model and this ownership management model that we have with EDGE. Yeah, I agree with you. I think one of the shortcomings that I found with a lot of typical management agreements is that, you know, the management company therapy experts, they don't really have any teeth to execute anything because they're not intrinsically tied to all the HR processes like hiring and, you know, um, disciplinary action when that's necessary, performance improvement plans, even salaries, raises, things like that. Um, they don't really have the capability to execute the way they want to. You know, you can come in and tell somebody to raise their productivity, but if you've no power to do anything about that, if they don't, um, you know, what, 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 how are you really able to get that accomplished? So I think that's really unique about how Edge runs things. And the other thing that I find really intriguing is the ownership management model. The idea that the SNF provider um, or outpatient clinic could become a part owner in the therapy management company and thus be able to receive some of the profit sharing. So I think that's a really exciting new model that, um, you know, as I've been getting out there and talking with clients, I hear a lot of people have a lot of interest because it's so unique. I agree, Melissa. I believe that that makes the um, both parties more vested in this product. It was quite a year to launch a new company and roll out edge in a large number of buildings over just a few months, right after PDPM started and during the COVID craziness in early 2020. Can you tell me more about your successes and even some of your challenges with this transition? Absolutely. 
Um, I believe we've had a lot of success since the beginning of the year when Edge really started and we took over some of our um, some of these buildings. I believe the biggest success would come in just the overall team morale in the buildings. They really do feel like they are part of the team. The buildings feel like they are part of the team. Obviously, given COVID and the trying times that we have had, um, it's been a real perk to the communities for them to have the rehab staff be their team members. They've been able to utilize them in maybe areas that we would not have been able to utilize them as a contract rehab provider um, due to their nursing staffing crises that we know is happening nationally. Additionally, um, we have in this contract and with our current um, partners, we have been able to increase their med B revenue just from quarter one to quarter two by over $300,000. I believe that that is a huge impact and they are seeing the benefits of having an operator that is able to come in and and really coach the team to improve their, their profit margins. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, As far as challenges, I think the biggest challenge would just be the kinks of starting a, a new company, a startup company. But I think that we've really worked through those, but the biggest challenge was onboarding and really figuring out who handles what aspect? Um, as you mentioned earlier, we do have a big say in the hiring, firing um, process, uh, pushing different metrics, et cetera. So uh, I think that that was a little bit of a, a, an area that we needed to work out, but we have been able to do so with our partners. Yes, absolutely. You know, I was interviewing uh, one of the directors of therapy in Edge Building just a few months ago. And he mentioned to me that the things that he liked the most about the transition. So he was in contract rehab in the building and they transitioned over to edge. And he said, from his perspective, he really wasn't doing anything differently than he had done for several years with contract rehab. So he felt like the level of support and oversight was the same as it was with contract rehab. But two things that he particularly said uh, that I really liked were that he felt that he wasn't a free agent anymore, that he wasn't just being someone that was brought in to be there for the season. And, and, you know, when you go, you go, but rather he was an intrinsic part of the team. And that was really meaningful to him as, as a, as a therapist and a dedicated director of rehab. He also mentioned that he really liked working for edge because from the beginning, the company told him do all the good you can, and we'll take care of the rest. And he really liked working for a company with a mission and a philosophy like that. Yeah, I agree with that, Melissa. I feel that there's just been overall more collaboration between nursing and rehab. Um, Unfortunately, we we know in the world that we've worked in that there is, for whatever reason, always kind of a nursing versus rehab feel in in some buildings, not all, but in some. And I don't know why. And I, I think a lot of times it is because oftentimes the rehab is contracted and they aren't part of the team and, and they don't always understand both sides. You know, one side doesn't always understand what the other side is doing. And I feel like everyone being part of the same team, everyone, you know, following the same policies, et cetera, has really been a an eye-opening experience and a, and a real way of bridging that gap between nursing and rehab and everyone feeling like they're on the same team and they're all there to serve the residents. And that's the most important thing. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about EDGE from the SNF provider's perspective? 
What feedback have you heard from your customers about why they think edges work better? Well, again, the biggest thing goes back to what I mentioned earlier is just being on the same team, following the same policies. Um, it just makes it a lot cleaner, especially for administrators and, and executive directors, because they know what is expected versus having to contact the contract provider to find out, are you working the holiday? What does your team do in a COVID crisis? Um, what policies are you all following with X, Y, or Z? And I feel like it just has made that communication much easier because they feel more comfortable knowing that they know what is happening now in their building. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is, again, back to staffing. Um, because these these employees, the therapy team are now employees of the of the actual community, there's, you know, just much more buy in from everybody to say, hey, therapy, we need help processing, you know, COVID testing um, centers, can you all help with this, whereas before it would have had to go through a you know, a whole chain of can this happen? What will you charge us to assist? Now it's a matter of, hey, they're your employees. You need them to help for the greater good of your community. You use them for that reason. And the therapists have really been excellent in being willing to jump in and help nursing or help administration with whatever tasks they needed help with, especially, like I said, through these, these last couple months with the COVID crisis. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked earlier about how you had, you know, raised some margins and some revenue for some of the companies or for some of the buildings that Edge had been in, even in the beginning in the first six months or year of Edge being in the building. And um, what's interesting is uh, Gravity did an analysis a few months ago, looking at April 2020 versus April of 2021. So two COVID months, uh, April 2020 being pre-Edge and April 2021 being with all of the communities converted to Edge. And this particular client, had uh, three different contract rehab companies that they were using at the time. They merged them all towards edge. And what we found in our research was that the average savings per community just in that month was $28,504. So, you know, in this day and age where providers uh, have to find uh, margins and profit and cost savings wherever they can. You know, we all know COVID has thrown our costs through the roof and we are seeing the advocacy and even legislation going into place that's going to really change our nursing labor costs significantly and some of our other support staff costs. People have to find, providers have to find ways to, to cut costs and increase revenue. And you know the proof is really in the pudding. The research shows that you guys have both increased revenue where it's appropriate and you've also cut costs for the provider. So that's a huge impact that, that we were able to see in the analysis we had done. Absolutely, Melissa. And I think that just to speak more to that, again, having somebody that understands therapy and understands the metrics and the, the things to push and the things to clinically um, just drive outcomes, et cetera, which all impact your margins. Uh, I think the difference of having a management company versus just somebody being in-house already, administrators don't know about productivity necessarily. They don't know that units per visit make a difference in your med B revenue, etc. And that's where our knowledge um, expertise comes in. And I think really can help both an in-house provider as well as somebody that's looking to transition out of contract. Yeah. And, you know, in my experience, it's really also about not even just knowing what those numbers are, because that's something that can be taught to somebody, though the metrics on those change all the time. And that is definitely the expertise that Edge brings to the table, but also understanding how to 
compliantly and appropriately approach a therapist to bring up topics like that. You can't just say to somebody, you need to increase your part, your med B units. That's inappropriate. It's about bringing the clinical knowledge together and saying, I went over this case of Mr. Smith, and these are the things that I think you could be doing. And here's why. And that's automatically going to increase those part B units and talking with them about clinical strategies, mentorship, resident individualized plans of care, as opposed to just saying, here's some metric you need to meet and I'll go meet it. That that is what has led to so many OIG investigations and settlements and things over the last decade that I think we're all eager to avoid. So it's not just the knowledge of even what needs done, but how to go about that correctly and bringing the clinical expertise to execute that. I agree, Melissa. And I believe that that's what myself and um, our director of compliance with EDGE we are both clinicians and we are both practicing clinicians still currently. And I believe that that truly does make it easier for us to communicate with the therapist to really explain why we are doing things versus just telling people to do something. When you explain the why and you explain how it can benefit the residents first and foremost, and when you do the right thing, you're going to see the margins follow. And I think that that's the expertise that myself and the compliance director bring. And, and like you said, are able to really relate to the actual clinicians doing the treatments and making them understand why everything's happening and how it benefits everybody. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the structure of EDGE and what that looks like for the SNF provider. Sure. Um, I believe that that would lead us more to talking about our management and support services. Mm -hmm. So from an operation standpoint, the director or regional director would be overseeing, you know, just the regular PPS, PDPM, CMI um, residents and making sure that we're delivering the appropriate amount of minutes and levels of care and um, clinical delivery of care. We also would look at part B utilization, ensuring that we are providing services across the entire SNF and or continuum of care if you have a CCRC, just making sure that we're not um, you know, providing all of the services that could be useful for those residents. We help with part B programming, caseload development, um, managing productivity and length of stay. And then the other big piece, again, through COVID is staffing and staff education and just ensuring that we are keeping the appropriate um, members of the staff there. And if, if we're overstaffed, understaffed, et cetera, working with the community on figuring out what we can do with those employees that can help them for the greater good yet again. On the compliance end of things, um, just always making sure that we are following compliance and, and up with regulations on practice acts and payers, ensuring that we're documenting the justification of the skilled services being provided, um, proper coding and billing are always on the forefront when the compliance officer is working with the, the communities. Additionally, we also provide operational quarterly reports. We do biannual comprehensive audits. Um, and then the big thing I think that is special with EDGE is that we actually still own and operate the EMR system which is vital when it comes to ensuring we are, you know, using an EMR that, that works for, for therapy, that we understand it, that we know how to customize reports um, that will benefit both us and our, our operational and compliance delivery, but also for the customer. Um, the customer is able to come to us and say, we really would like to know 
X, Y, or Z, how can you help us? And we can get into our business intelligence system and customize those things to serve the customer and get them the data and metrics that they need to analyze for their communities. Yeah, speaking of compliance, you know, I think a lot of times people who are with contract rehab and are wanting to switch in-house or they're already in-house, they think that they might have all the compliance and operations under control because they have a director of rehab to do all that for them. And, you know, my experience, I have found having done all these types, being a therapist under all these types of models and also managing just about all of them as well, is that um, no one person can do all of that. No one, I couldn't, you couldn't, we're both therapy experts and I couldn't follow everything from compliance and operations and understand how to implement it and, and execute it correctly. And, you know, we've both been involved in meetings where there's a team of 15 people gathered together, trying to determine how do we implement the OIG's newest guidance? How do we adjust our EMR to address this new compliance concern? And so I think one of the misconceptions out there sometimes about people wanting to go in houses, you may have the best director rehab out there there. But that one person is never going to be able to give you the comprehensive coverage and oversight that you really need. And what's interesting is what we have seen historically in Gravity is that programs will go from contract to in-house and within six months, they have significant compliance and operational deviations. They're usually already losing money. And um, within a couple of years, there's just severe deviations, huge losses in the clinical approach and in the operational approach in your outcomes, things like that. So a lot of times therapists and patients are super satisfied. So that can be an um, inaccurate veil over what's really going on. And it can kind of mask the fact that while everybody's happy, we're not really accomplishing the goals we need to. We're not really helping the residents as well as we can to achieve the highest maximum potential that they're able to achieve while they're under our care. So I think, um, I think that's a huge missed opportunity for a lot of people. So for our in-house providers, what would you say are the benefits of EDGE over remaining in-house without oversight? Again, I agree with you, Melissa, that it is truly too much for one person or even a small group of people to really know how, how to run a rehab department. There are so many facets to it. Um, the regulations, as we know in healthcare, are ever-changing and always becoming more stringent, truly. Mm -hmm. So that aspect alone from the compliance standpoint needs somebody that really is an expert in compliance and reading regulations. And then that person working with, or those people working with operators, really know how to then take that information and figure out what is the best operational strategy to, again, A, deliver the best clinical care to drive outcomes, and then B, make a profit from that because we have to, or that's the, we're not going to survive. So um, I believe that just going in-house, I, I have seen the exact same thing that you mentioned where, you know, people say, oh, well, we got this, or we know somebody that we're going to bring in that can that can handle this. And exactly what you said, six months later, they're calling back. We don't know what we're doing. We thought we, we could handle this. We're in over our heads because they aren't experts in everything. And that's where it takes a team. And I believe that edge has that expert expert team to provide, you know, your community with all of the things that they need to have a successful and compliant rehab department. Yes. And on the flip side of the coins, so we're kind of talked about why in-house programs could benefit from edge. 
uh, for SNFs that are currently under contract rehab, what do you think are the reasons they might want to think about going to edge? Again, the reasons we, we mentioned earlier, everybody being under the same umbrella, being part of the same team, following the same policies, but you have those experts in therapy that are still there to assist the therapy director. Um, just speaking about me personally, I have gone from you know contract as well as this model with Edge, and I truly don't feel like I do that much different. Um, you know, I really try to empower my managers, but they can still reach out to me for any questions that they have, because that is what we are supposed to do. We are there to be the experts. And if they need assistance with things, I want them to reach out. So I think that there is a, it, it is still the benefit of feeling like you have somebody that knows rehab, but you're reaping the benefits more of having the staff be yours. Um, I just think it just makes more sense. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we have seen by and large is that therapy ought to be your second highest revenue source after pharmacy. So, you know, if, if that's not happening in your community, or unfortunately I've gone to a lot of in-house programs where nobody actually even knew how much profit or margin or loss they were taking from the therapy department. There weren't therapy specific um, budgets and things like that, that actually looked at the amount of revenue that was being brought in from their end and things like that. Um, so I think that, you know, if that's not the case, if your therapy is not your second highest revenue producer, that can be an indication that's maybe it's time for you to think of a change. And, you know, I always like to say when talking about rehab and the various models that there really is no one size fits all solution. And I believe that usually when I present to customers, we go in and do is gravity, do a rehab audit. I'll give them two or three recommendations for how they could move forward, um, and kind of talk about the pros and cons of each one. You know, each SNF provider, each therapy department, it has its own culture. They have their own goals. They have their own flavor, if you will. And one model might work well in one location and another model could work better in other locations. But what do you think ultimately are some of the signs to a SNF provider that it might be time to think about switching the therapy service provider or the model that they're using? I think that one of the biggest things would be staffing challenges. Um, you are experiencing staffing challenges, whether in-house or contract, um, this model kind of blends the two, right? So it's kind of a perfect world. Um, communication breakdown, mm -hmm. uh, is, is there a silo of rehab versus the rest of the community? Um, so communication breakdown. And then the biggest thing that I think is, are your missions the same? Are you there for the, the same reason? So a, a lot of our communities have very specific missions that they are, are following. And does your contract provider do that for you? Um, and as far as in-house, like we mentioned earlier, are you able to really get the, the maximum benefits from your rehab department if you don't have the expertise to manage it? So I think that, like I just mentioned, staffing, communication, being on the same page and, and your mission being the biggest thing. Yeah. A couple others that I found that tend to be harbingers of the need to make a change are things like therapy does not address some or most of residents needs, especially in long-term care. So patient falls over and over and over again, and therapies pick them up a couple of times. They're like, sorry, I can't do anything else. You know, as a clinician, I worked in long-term care to, to providing direct therapy care for over 15 years. I found that to almost never be the case. 
there was almost always something therapy could do. And if a resident kept on falling or kept uh, sliding in their wheelchair or their contractor kept getting worse, I wasn't using the right approach. And so having that depth of clinical expertise and mentorship where a therapist can go to someone and say, these are the five things I tried. It's not working. The patient's still sliding out of the wheelchair. What can I do? You know, I think that's a really good indicator. If you are not getting your therapy, your residence needs met, that's a good indicator. Uh, if the therapists are unhappy and unmotivated, again, we don't often find unhappy therapists in in-house programs, but they're often unmotivated. Um, on the flip side with contract rehab, particularly if you don't have the right partner, we'll find sometimes that therapists are pretty unhappy. They're motivated. They definitely know what metrics they got to hit and they're going to work hard to hit them, but they don't have the love of their job like most therapists do. You talked about therapy operating in silo from the organization. I think another one, especially with in-house programs is if productivity is poor. If your productivity is below 80%, you've got problems in that department. You definitely do. Or there's just a misutilization. You know, we see a lot of times with in-house programs, uh, you know, the, the director of rehab is being pulled to do a DON interview for home health. That is not a good use of him or her and the resources that they're bringing to the team. And so someone that's kind of overseeing all that and saying, yes, go ahead and do that. That's a good thing for you to do. Or no, that's not a good resource and use of your time. And here's why. And then again, non-compliance in the department. We recommend that you use a third party auditor to analyze. You know, we do these rehab audits all the time and we find there are tremendous untapped opportunities in buildings that we've helped realize just by making a model shift. You a lot of times don't even have to change the therapist or even the director of rehab. Many times you can keep the same team, but it's about either partnering with the right contract rehab partner or switching to the best model for your organization. Ashley, I want to thank you for your generous and insightful thoughts and perspective. This really is an innovative and cutting edge model, and I'm sure our listeners are appreciated the opportunity to learn more about it. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. And if you'd like to learn more about Gravity's Therapy Services or Edge Therapy Solutions, please see the links in the podcast description or feel free to reach out to me directly. Thanks for joining us. And if you enjoyed today's content, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Remember, it's not just what you know, but how you apply it that makes all the difference. See you next time.